Welcome to Stories Jesus Told, a podcast of Trinity Lutheran Church in Fresh Dot, Wisconsin. Here is Trinity's Rick Adams and Pastor Carl Landbauer. Welcome back, everybody. Rick Adams here, Director of Discipleship at Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt. Welcoming you to Thursday, June 22nd with Pastor Carl Landbauer. Good to be back with you again. It is great to be here, too. We hope that you are enjoying these podcasts and are following along with us. Today we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 to 19. Again, operating under the umbrella of the parable of the unmerciful servant this week. Yeah, why don't we just dive in and I'll read it. Peter writes, And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb, without blemish or spot. This is where I really have to hand it to the ESV over the NIV. I typically prefer an NIV text. You always smile when I say that. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't really have a horse in the race. Okay. Yeah, they're both good translations. But in the, in the ESV, it uses this phrase, which immediately caught my attention, living as exiles, mm-hmm. right? I mean throughout the time of your exile. Mm-hmm. And in the NIV, it says, live as strangers here in reverent fear. Mm. And I much prefer that that image of us as exiles, right? Because yeah. for the children of Israel, that would have been a, a real historical remembrance of their lives as exiles in Babylon. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot worse to be an exile than to be just a stranger. You, right. can, you can go traveling and be a stranger and enjoy that. Exactly. But nobody's like, hey, I'd like to be in exile longer. Yeah. 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 So you want to talk a little bit about how, it's, how is it true that we as disciples of Jesus are exiles in this world? Yeah. The, the, the background of that is the exile that God's people experienced un, under Babylon. And Peter alludes to that. In fact, in the last chapter, he'll... He'll say he's writing um, from Babylon and um, recognizing, well, when they were taken off into exile, uh, they were, they're they're not in their homeland. They're not in control of their, their future. They, they don't really have, um, they don't have any power. Although we keep seeing people rising into positions of trust like Daniel does. Uh, But, but it's just not a, not a good place to be. And Peter is calling to our attention that that is our reality. We are not at home, and we are we do not control. In fact, I mean, if we were to be looking at the Book of Revelation right now, and we'd we'd see all these kings and these these powers and these nations, and and, and kind of the one theme that comes through is none of them are good, right? It, right. It just it, there's always this sense of uh, while we live in this world, we're always going to be um, misplaced. We're not going to belong here. And we're always going to be longing to be somewhere better. Yeah. We're, we're longing for our our home with Christ in a new heavens and a new earth. And so uh, this world is always going to be a, a challenging place to live. And he tells us, Peter does, while, while we are living this life as exiles, we are to live with fear. Uh, 
What does that mean? Yeah, the the fear is there because where we started, if you call on him as father, you're calling God father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. You don't you don't just take this time on earth as a vacation and like, all right, well, Jesus has paid my get out of hell free certificate and now I'm just going to take a vacation here. But you are living to please that God, your, your father in heaven. Uh, and you're recognizing you're still going to be be judged by him. And so you know, the verse is leading into this. Peter's saying, don't be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Uh, God called you to be holy. And so be holy in all that you do. And, and so he's really just, it's that, that you know complete mindset change that comes as a follower of Jesus. I, if, if, if I'm not following Jesus, I'm living for myself and for the pleasures of this world. Peter, this is a call to leave that behind because we're exiles here. And so there's a fear that goes along with that, a recognition that um, I'm still, uh, th- that God is still the judge. Yeah. And, and I, yes, I have a savior, but if I leave the umbrella of that relationship with Jesus, that judgment is going to come down upon me uh, every bit as as much as I deserve. Right. There's a call here also uh, to, and again, it, it says, um, it's not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. Mm-hmm. That's a, a pretty harsh assessment of the lives lived by the, the ancestors of God's people. Yeah. Yeah. ESV has feudal, which also kind of drives home the point yeah. that, um, well, I think, I think Paul has a phrase similar to it, too, where he says, what did you gain from when you were pursuing the, the passions of the right. flesh? It, it just it doesn't get us anywhere. Right. And one of the things I, I like about this takeaway that I have is that Peter is telling us, look, you've got this life that God has given you. He's he, First of all, he's giving you eternal life. So your ultimate identity and your purpose is going to be found in the life to come. But while we're here, while we're in this exile, remember how precious you are to God and live your lives in a manner that is worthy of that of that redemption that he's given us through his, something much more precious than gold or silver, the blood of Christ. Yeah, yeah, which I've, I've used the phrase awe-inspiring a number of times, I think, this week, but that that is awe-inspiring, and part of the, the root of awe is fear, right? That that if if Jesus spilled his blood for me, if that kind of a price was paid for me, there's a certain weight that that puts on me to, to respond to that. You know, you can't just receive a gift like that and then go back to the empty way of life or the futile ways of life as if nothing happened. Right. That is certainly going to... If, if my life doesn't change as a result of my relationship with Jesus, then uh, that I'm not going to have a relationship with Jesus for very long. You know, that's yeah. or to jump to I don't know why I'm going here, but Hebrews where it talks about if we deliberately keep on sinning, no sacrifice for sins is left. If there is not a change in my life to follow uh, that that redemption, then I'm I'm rejecting the work of God's spirit in me and ultimately going to reject the spirit, reject the faith. And that's the judgment. That's the fear that, that, um, undergirds, I guess, 
this passage. Sure. I think one of the other aspects of living as an exile means that we we can look at this world almost uh, as an observer without being a in the midst of, of the participation of it all. We can somehow remove ourselves from it and 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 look at, at the futility of people's lives mm. and and tragically see how how pointless or in the NIV as it as it states it here, um, the empty way of living. It's not what we would wish on anybody. And it's certainly, you know, Jesus calls us to be in the world and not of the world. This right. is clearly an aspect of not being of the world. We're here, but we don't participate in the futility of people's uh, lives. Right. Yeah. There, there's. <laughs> when you, I wasn't sure whether you're going to describe that as a good thing or a bad thing with the be able ability to kind of observe. Because mm-hmm. in a way, it's a good thing, right? I can look and I can say, that's empty and that's futile. But at the same time, I should be engaged exactly. to offer something better. Right. And um, which maybe is a good segue to think a little bit back to the parable mm-hmm. because nothing stands out in this world like forgiveness. That is something that when when people forgive, when you hear those stories of you know, there was a, a tragic or a violent event or something in the, the families of the victim, forgive the perpetrator. That that makes headlines. Sure. Because it's something that just doesn't make sense. And it it doesn't make sense to to a, to the world we live in, to the Babylon we live in, but it makes perfect sense to the exile within who knows someone paid a price to forgive me. And that's why Peter undergird that's why Peter describes this high price that was paid for us. Uh, because like the again, going back to the parable, the servant from the parable, knowing what the king had done for him. Of course, he should have forgiven his fellow servant, and he probably should have been afraid not to. He should have realized that with that price that had been paid, that the king was not going to be okay with him exacting the, the minor amount of money that his fellow servant owed him. Right, and that payment that the king uh, excused his servant from, uh, actually... To say he excused it would be not doing it justice. He paid it for him. He right. relinquished, as I alluded to yesterday, he, he relinquished the right to exact any kind of revenge on that servant. And it's alluded to at the very end of this text in verse 19, the precious blood of Christ, the lamb without blemish or defect. And you kind of hear Peter kind of giving a shout out to his Jewish audience <laughs> using words that they that would have certainly resonated with mm-hmm. them, right? That they would have immediately been familiar with, oh, a lamb without blemish. I know that. That's the Passover lamb. Mm-hmm. And of course, Christ is our Passover lamb. So the payment there is truly precious. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, let's, let's think about rejoicing, right? I mean, that is what we rejoice in, yeah. that a... A sacrifice was made for us um, in Jesus, and uh, that. And I mean, I I know we keep saying things like this, but it's so important to take this to heart. Uh, forgiveness is not just God saying it's no big deal. Right. It is somebody else paying the price, and the, the with the price being as dramatic as this, how could we not rejoice in that gift when the perfect Son of God poured out His blood? 
for me. Right. Or as we gather in worship on Sundays and then receive that, he poured that blood into me mm-hmm. so that his life becomes my life and that forgiveness is tangible for me. Yeah. Which leads us to uh, repent and what we repent of here. Um, there are times when I forget that my life is to look decidedly different from everybody else's. Mm-hmm. I alluded to the quote from Francis Chan last week that there's something wrong when our lives make sense to unbelievers, and this verse certainly points that out. If we're going to live as exiles, that should at least draw some curiosity from other people who view our life and wonder, what is it about you that's different? You seem to be marching to the beat of a different drum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's another thing about exiles is they don't they don't blend in. Right. They they are gonna stand out a bit, and so yeah, that's a call to repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what strikes me, and maybe it's just because I feel like this podcast got a little bit heavy as we talked about the fear and the judgment, right? Mm-hmm. But it just strikes me how how uh, lightly I tend to uh, I I, feel, I don't. I focus so much on the grace and the forgiveness that God has given me that I just don't give enough thought to the to the judgment and um, the fear that it should inspire in me. And so in that way, I guess I'm convicted of of conducting myself without fear uh, through the time of, of my exile here and uh, need to repent of sometimes treating my sins as if they're not a big deal. And that may end up being our request as well, that God would just keep our eyes open to uh, what he has done for us and keep our our heart, that heart of flesh uh, that recognizes the totality of Christ's sacrifice on our behalf and that it would move us to show that same kind of love and forgiveness to those around us. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, certainly a, a worthy request um, to... To have that awareness of of the Father who judges uh, leads then to an awareness of the Father who forgives. Mm-hmm. And so just a deep appreciation for God's forgiveness, it, it's built on a foundation of the fear of God. And so, um, yeah, a request that God would would keep that foundation healthy in my life and would cause me to, to hate my sin and recognize the danger that it is to myself and the, the harm that it does to others. Uh, I think that's what, well, that's what strikes me as I process this text. Yeah, I think it probably is a good place for us to stop because um, I would encourage all of our listeners at home to, as you look at this passage again from 1 Peter 1, uh, you might want to even expand the chapter and or expand the reading to go to the end of the chapter because there's just so much more there that uh, can really speak to your heart in terms of placing you in the in the bullseye of God's love. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so that's our, our prayer for you today. Thankful that you've chosen to set aside some time again to be with us and be in God's word. And we welcome you back again tomorrow as we begin to close out this week of podcasts. So on behalf of Pastor Carl, uh, have a great day in the Lord and we'll see you tomorrow.